Welcome back, everybody. This is Press for Time, a Gaming Age podcast. I'm your host tonight, Tyler Nethers. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Benny Rose. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Back post-E3 insanity, we have Parisi here. Hello. And we have got a good friend of ours, Paul, who is also at Gaming Age. Paul, say hi to everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. We've had everybody else, you know, set in the hot seat and talk about themselves for a minute. Uh, well, I hate Benny. That's that's I would you know preface probably with that. Fair enough. Uh, you brought it out a lot earlier than I expected. <laughs> uh, in seriousness, uh, I've been writing for Gaming Age for about almost two years, and my anniversary is approaching. Uh, I've been a gamer all my life. Benny helped me get onto the site, and. Uh, I work a pretty busy job for a billion-dollar company. Uh, that's about it. Nice. Well, it's it's really good to have you on, man. Uh, we <laughs> we say this every time. Anytime somebody comes on, uh, we don't really say it to Parisi anymore because he's kind of an old hat, and that is what it is. But we really appreciate you guys coming on and sitting down with us. This is a huge, huge help, and I understand that everybody is busy. I mean, the name of the podcast is Press for Time. We are literally doing this in the few hours we can squeeze out of the week. Um, you should see Benny and I's chat back and forth trying to figure out when and how we're going to get these podcasts done. So we really appreciate you guys making time to come on here and talk with us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you guys do it with kids. I don't even have kids. I don't know how you do it. It's, it's insanity. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Ask <laughs> my wife. She tells you, she, she'll tell you she doesn't know either. And she's the last sit and watch me try to do it. <laughs> Pretty much. I was going to say, Paul forgot a very important part of him. Uh, his wife is a cheese connoisseur. No, no, no. Well, who who told you this? This is misinformation. <laughs> I don't know where you got your information from, but it's fake news. <laughs> and just get it off. Uh, well, uh, we might I, have to I put Benny on trial. <laughs> oh, boy. I think it's all, a witch, it's all a witch hunt. It's all a witch hunt. We'll have an ethics trial here later today. I, I did forget to mention that I, I, I do a podcast also, so I have to throw a cheap plug in there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's not as regular as you guys. So, because I do a show where it's just me and a guest, and every week or every few weeks is a different guest. It's called Aimless Shenanigans. You get it on a podcast, all your podcast stuff, iTunes, yada, yada, yada. But that's my cheap plug. Okay. We'll make sure to plug it and uh, put it in the the episode. Uh And also, for those that don't know, Paul and I actually had a podcast together as well uh, a couple years ago called The Media Masterminds. We did pretty much movies comic book stuff and video games so we have some history with this and that's why he hates me true also true r.i.p <laughs> fair enough well benny do you want to kind of go into what we're going to be going over this week yeah man it's uh pretty much just take the sweat off my brow one because i don't have ac two because <laughs> e3 is over Whew. uh granted you know we weren't there parisi was he can give us all the juicy details of how crazy it was with the public being there and you know what games he maybe got to play didn't get to play and you know what was the highlights of e3 what was the downfalls of e3 what we liked what we disliked and were any of our predictions uh either accurate or close to okay well start it off man what'd you think uh i i gotta say for the first time I wasn't really wowed by any of the conferences that I watched live. I missed out on Nintendo because I was uh, in Washington for work. So I didn't get to watch that until later. But, I mean, you know, 
I think there was just a lot of expectations. There was a lot of 2018, you know. I mean, that's kind of what last year was. Everything was the next year. So, you know, Microsoft, in my opinion, really disappointing with this hardware. The Xbox One X, very confusing uh, for the sake of marketing, and it's going to confuse a lot of parents. Uh, You're still going to buy it, though. Of course, but we're not talking about me right now. It's the new Wii U. <laughs> I've, I heard that on Twitter, or, or either you might have liked someone else's post of that, yeah. Anthony. Yeah. It's yeah, the new I mean, Wii U, but it's yeah. twice as expensive. <laughs> also true. Yeah. But it plays HDR Blu-rays. Yeah. Go figure. At least one doesn't console he, does. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't the Xbox One S already do that? I was just going to yes, say it does. technically too. That's true, yeah. So, I mean, my biggest disappointment would be the fact that that system um, pretty much being what it is, essentially just kind of like a, a high tier of an Xbox One. So you're not really getting a new console. You know, and I thought about that today when I turned my Xbox One S on. It doesn't say Xbox One S because it doesn't really matter that it's an S series. So does that mean when the new one comes on, you know, when you turn it on, it's going to just say Xbox One. Yeah. So it's going to be really a hard sell for most people. You know, me, I buy all the hardware. I'm that guy that does that. But, you know, for the average gamer and the average consumer, I don't know who this system is built for other than people like me that just want the latest and greatest. And I think that's going to really hurt them in the end, at least, you know, in the, in the, in the time being, because there are even some companies that are not putting extra effort into making their games, you know, enhanced, they don't really care. Once, in that I, sense. once I completely agree with Benny. Unheard of. Oh, God. And guess what? It's on recording. <laughs> but, yeah, that's really my gist. As far as what I really liked, uh, it's, it's a, it's a uh, double-edged sword with it because I'm excited that we've got a acknowledgement of Beyond Good and Evil 2, but it's not even a game. <laughs> it's proof of concept at this point, but it's better than nothing. Um. Nintendo definitely knocked it out of the park with uh, Mario. I'm not a big Mario guy. Paul is, and Parisi, and I'm excited to play that game. So I think um, Parisi was on point. We got Metroid. We got two Metroids, even though one will be one of my kids in college. So, yeah, I mean, that's my, my thoughts. Who wants to take the next? Paul? Oh, well, I thought Anthony was going to want to go since he's there and he's got all the insight. What is he doing? Is he uh, scratching himself over there? No, I'll go. Well, I know Um, you're on a time constraint, so. All right, so um, E3, I think this was my 18th, I think. I don't know. It's all a blur. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Um, So, yeah, so this was the first year they let the public in. Um, From the numbers that I got in the press release, it was 68,000. 400, 400 total uh, guests to E3 this year, including the 15,000 public passes they sold. Um, it was a complete nightmare. <laughs> uh, no, it really was. The first day of the show uh, on Tuesday, it op- the doors opened at noon. Um, and they, had open- they actually had opened the doors 15 minutes early to – uh, because of a potential hazard with all the people waiting to get in. Uh, it's the first time I've ever seen that. Normally, there are press waiting to get in or industry folk waiting to get in. 
but these lines looked like you were at PAX East or Prime or San Diego Comic-Con. It was, it was bad. And um, so they opened it up. Um, once they opened it, I saw some articles out there from Polygon and a couple others about they were interviewing the ESA uh, head, I think his name is Dan Hewitt, and he was saying, oh, there was no potential hazard, and we opened the doors 15 minutes early because the show flew with Freddy, and we wanted to get people in there playing games. Whatever, however you want to spin it. My whole point of this little story is that if they're going to do this again next year, which in all likelihood they will, they need to have a business day like Tokyo Game Show does. They need to have either have Tuesday and Wednesday as business days, professional days, whatever you want to call them. And then, you know, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, keep it open to the public, which is fine because I heard a lot of my friends who are journalists were having problems getting to meetings, getting to booth appointments because they couldn't get through the crowds. If they had an early meeting, the, the security at E3 wouldn't let them in because you know they weren't waiting in line or whatever nonsense so we'll see what happens i mean yes this was the first year but overall the show itself was nightmarish it was just way too crowded um other than that um the conferences i agree with benny uh, i went to the microsoft conference i nodded off about four times during it because it was just extremely boring um, not even joking. I did. I did fall asleep. Um, every one of their exclusives is an exclu is also coming out on PlayStation at some point. Um, they do have a couple of exclusives uh, for them for Xbox. You know, Forza, Sea of Thieves, Crackdown, a couple others. But in general, I thought the branding of the Xbox One X was just nonsense. Um, you know, I understand that it's the Xbox One is a line and the letter designation at the end of it is to, you know, so people know what version they're getting. I don't know if I would have done that, but hey, I don't, I'm not Phil Spencer. So, you know, my opinion doesn't matter. Uh, Sony's press conference was good. I liked it only because it was no nonsense, no talking, no numbers. Sean Layden came out, said, here you go. Here's some stuff and left. Um, and that was it. Uh, and they showed right after one after each other, video trailer, 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 trailer. Yes. Everything is 2018. Some of it's this year. Um, I think that upset a few people, but overall um, I enjoyed their press conference. Uh, Sony, I mean, Nintendo's uh, direct. I liked it the most. Uh, it was quick. Uh, most of the stuff is this year. Some of the stuff is 2018. Uh, Benny Metroid Prime 4 will still be out before Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting for it. <laughs> um, and then the new Metroid, uh, Samus Returns, which is a remake of Metroid, Pro Metroid uh, 2 from the Game Boy, uh, looks great. Uh, I was a little concerned because it's from Mercury Steam. They're the guys who did the Lords of Shadow stuff on PlayStation. And um, from the few people that I spoke to who actually played it, uh, they said it's awesome. They said it controls perfectly. The music is awesome. Everything is really good about it. Um, 
And, you know, these are coming from diehard Metroid fans. So I'm kind of a little more at ease with it than I was when it was first announced on the Treehouse Live. So, you know, we have that to look forward to, which is coming out in September, which is crazy uh, to, you know, see that it's this far along. Um, I guess I was disappointed with Nintendo, you know, no mention of like a new F-Zero. Um, didn't get any kind of Smash Brothers announcement, which I guess we kind of were expecting, but um, we have, uh, you know, Mario is coming out in October, which is great because I thought it was going to be later in September. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I did play that. It is phenomenal. Uh, it's the closest thing to Super Mario 64 or Sunshine that we've had in quite some time. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the uh, impressions that I posted earlier on the site. If you did, awesome. Let me know what you think. If you didn't, go read it and then don't tell me what you think. <laughs> um, sure. I also got to check out uh, The Impatient, which is from the guys over at uh, uh, Supermassive Games. They're the ones who did Until Dawn uh, over at the Sony booth. And it's a great little uh, horror game in VR. Uh, it's shared creepy. universe, isn't it? Yeah, it's, well, some people said it was a prequel because it takes place 60 years before the events of Until Dawn. Uh, but I, uh, other people said it's more of a side story in the same universe because it really, the only link between the two games is the, uh, like the hospital that you're in. Uh, the, what is it? Brookhaven? I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but uh, the demo was pretty good. It was like 20 minutes long. Um, a lot of, you know, answering questions and moving the story along. And then at the end, there was like one nice jump scare. And then the demo ended. Nice. Um, yeah, but it was pretty good. And it got me interested. Um, the, another game there that I saw that I don't see a lot of people talking about is, uh, what's it called? Matter, Matterfall, I think it's called. It's from the guys who created Resogun. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, check it out. It looks pretty good. It's like a 2D, 3D side-scrolling uh, shoot-em-up type game, uh, which I looks pretty good, so I may check that out. I think it's probably going to be, you know, maybe in the Sony store. I don't know if it's going to be a physical. Um, I didn't really get to play anything at Microsoft's booth because their booth was so ill-conceived in terms of design that uh, once you were in the booth, you couldn't even move. Did they have uh, games available to play? Yeah, they had Crackdown, Sea of Thieves, uh, uh, some furry fighting game. I don't, I don't know the name. I forgot the name of it. Uh, Forza, um, Assassin's Creed Origins, um, a like Madden and a few others. Um, and that was it. Uh, but I couldn't even get close to any of the games. Uh, the booth, like I said, was so just—it was just a horrible design. Um, and this was also the first year in quite some time that they weren't in the same hall as Sony and Nintendo. Uh, Sony and Nintendo, uh, Sony and Nintendo's booths were so big this year that it kind of forced Microsoft out into the other hall with Activision and Bethesda and square um but uh yeah i mean uh the hall where microsoft was you know uh 
Bethesda was over there. Uh, they had a great booth this year. They had uh, Papa Joe's All-American uh, Diner, which we, if you saw the Wolfenstein 2 trailer, it was in there. Uh, that uh, the Nazi, I guess, general or whoever he was comes in for a shake. Uh, so they had demos of Wolfenstein set up in there and they were handing out in and out. So, you know, that's why the line was very long. <laughs> I'm sure you love that. Well, yeah, I've had enough in and out while I'm here. Um, let's see. Um, what did you think of Bethesda's conference? I was good. I was there. Uh, it, it was quick. The, the guy came out once and said, here's everything for 2017 and left. Um, uh, How was the theme park? It had a Ferris wheel. That's pretty much it. That's it. It had a Ferris wheel and some food stations. Um, no, but um, you know they had uh, you know like the Evil Within Two was a surprise, which was good because I didn't think they were going to make a sequel to that because the first one didn't really get well received. But I think it's being done in house completely this year, this time. I don't think it. Anybody that worked on the first one from over in Japan has any input on it. Um, the uh, Doom VR, VFR, which I think is an awesome name for the game. Uh, it looks really cool. I don't know how you're going to – I don't know how you'll be able to strafe in the game in VR. Uh, that was a concern. Cause, like, it just seems, it seems like you're teleporting, which is very weird for that type of game. Yeah, and supposedly on Steam, I think like the add-on to that or the add-on for Fallout VR, I think. Same for 60 bucks. bucks. Yeah, yeah, so. It's crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Uh, and then once their press conference was done, they had some like uh, areas where you can, they had like a cool Evil Within area and they were serving like champagne drinks in there and then they were serving ice cream and it was it was a pretty cool event. Uh, and then the chain smokers performed. I don't know if you guys are familiar from New York. Um, nope. They have like a couple of hits I've heard on like Old Nation on on Sirius XM. But um, the show floor, though, getting back to the floor. I mean, you know, Bethesda had a nice booth. Activision. Uh, it was just weird because this seemed like this year these booths were so big, but they had very little games. You know, like it didn't seem like they had a lot of stuff ready for 2017. Uh, you know, Nintendo's booth again was like last year with with Zelda, but this year was all Mario. Um, they had in the back parts of the booth, they had stuff for arms and stuff for Splatoon, but three quarters of the booth was for Mario. And I'm pretty sure the lines to try Mario arm. Splatoon averaged about three and a half hours per line. Good lord! Uh, and which made no sense for Arms. It came out today, so or yes, whenever, yeah, today or yesterday or whatever. But um, yeah, so you know, it um, it was an interesting E3. Um, it was fun. I mean, and I always like to see some of my friends, but. Uh, uh, Game-wise, you know, it, a lot of stuff I didn't really care about. I mean, you know, Microsoft spent way too much time at their press conference talking about Sea of Thieves. And then Ubisoft shows off Skull and Bones, which I think is a much better looking game in a, than Sea of Thieves. But, you know, um, I, 
yeah, I could be wrong, but uh, it seemed that way from reading Twitter that Skull and Bones is probably going to be the better of the two. But you know, people who own a, own Xbox will probably enjoy it. Um, I'm trying to think what else uh, I enjoyed. Um, the tr- Ros- Roscoe's. Yeah, you know, Roscoe's is always a good a good meal, but. Uh, that Detroit game, uh, really good. Uh, it looks, uh, it kind of has elements or reminded me of elements from uh, Quantum Break, where you kind of reconstruct like a scene, uh, you know, to kind of get your probability of solving this case or in the demo, you know, talking that guy on the ledge to drop the little girl. Uh, the more things you reconstruct and find out about the crime scene, the better your odds are of having this android let the girl go. Uh, So that was pretty good. Uh, Spider-Man, awesome. I mean, you know, I can't can't say that enough. Uh, From what I heard, it's going to be four to six times larger than Sunset Overdrive. Um, It's going to have... multiple suit uh variations that you know you're not just going to be playing with the one i think with the white spider um i you know some notes that i took peter parker's 23 he just graduated college has a job he's been doing this for a while it's definitely him in the suit because uh, you know there was that spoiler at the end of the trailer where miles morales is in it um so yeah um Days Gone. I, I spoke about this on a couple of podcasts. I'm actually interested in the game now. They showed it. It kind of looks like an uh, like Last of Us, uh, you know, which is never a bad thing. And uh, but again, it's like another 2018 title. So, um, and that's about all I can really remember or recollect from the show. Anybody got any questions they want to ask? I mean, with how many you've been to, I mean, you brought up the fact that it was crowded and that there were all the people in there and that there were issues with security and getting through, but did you feel like it was like watching the booths and the people that were there working? Did you feel like they were overwhelmed by the number of people or did it seem like the developers and the PR people that were there were kind of prepared for it? Uh, I think the security people that had to maintain the line before the doors opened probably were concerned. But once it opened, the line seemed really organized. Um, You know, Nintendo's booth, they had them, they had the lines very well done. And, um, Nobody ever seemed overwhelmed. It's just that a lot of the hallways and corridors and the little, you know, spaces between booths were so crowded that, you know, it was hard to navigate the show. Um, I mean, it's been crowded in past years, but it's never been an issue where, you know, you you can't get past somebody or through somebody or to, you know, where you need to be. But this year was a little rough. Gotcha. Yeah. So we can look forward to a potential repeat next year because they did they did announce the dates, 
Yeah. I don't know if they announced that it's going to be the same location, but I assume it would be. Yeah, no, it's it's LA Convention Center. I forgot the dates. It's like around the same time. June yeah, 12th through 12th June 14th. 14. Yep. Yeah. Um, and you know they're going to open it again. Uh, I'm just curious if things will change. Now that the show is over, um, now that the show is over, um, I'm curious to see if they get feedback from developers and whatnot, um, you know, saying, hey, you guys need to have like a professional day or something like that. Or I feel like, I feel like even the media, the media outlets might do that as well. Like well, that's what that's professional their job, just, you know, just because the thing is to differentiate between industry folk and public, public, uh, public passes, people who bought the expo pass. Uh, their lanyard was like this neon green, um, this neon green uh, like slip case where you would put the badge in, and that's all I saw it was a sea of those neon green things. And you know, it, it, it just it was like I was like, wow, this is ridiculous. How how I mean, people showed up uh, because of you know being of these public passes so um but yeah i I honestly think and and i discussed this with a few of my friends while we were there they need to kind of follow what tokyo game show does or even gamescom uh they have a professional day they have a business day where the press can go in do everything they need to do do their meetings their demos their booth appointments everything and then the next day they open it up to the public and if you want to go, you can, uh, but, you know, most of the time, you know, industry folks may just stay away because it'll just be so unbearably crowded. So I'm curious to see if they do that next year. Right. You know. Time will tell. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you'd say, like, your experience is pretty much right in the middle all overall. Uh, you know, every year I go and every year I say it's going to be my last one. And then, like a person with Alzheimer's, I sign up again for a badge. And well, you're the you resident know. E3 guy. Yeah. So you know, I, I will I go again next year? I don't know. Probably. Will I complain about it? Most yep. definitely. Um, but you know, it's it's a fun experience. It's just it's just that they really need to my biggest thing is they really need to have a professional day so fair, fair enough you know mr Paul. can i can i jump in can i jump yeah, in ahead. for a second on that, that yeah i i i agree with you and obviously i'm not there and then i hear everyone complaining and this and that but i i just just to play devil's advocate they're they're interested in just making the money and if they can sell a general public pass for 250 dollars, they don't care they just you know they just rather sell the tickets and then those general public, just like you guys, are just going to tweet and send your social media buzz on these games. And a lot of these social media influencers and uh, other, you know, game editors and whatever, they went to Judges Week. So they played a lot of these games prior to E3 anyway. Yeah, no, listen, I uh, I agree, but... You know, Cologne um, Gamescom sells public passes. Tokyo Game Show sells public passes. They have professional days. There's no yeah. reason why next year the E3 folks can't have extend the E3 show, make it 
instead of having it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, have it, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and make Wednesday and Thursday the business days and Friday and Saturday make it public days. And that's it. You know? Yeah. Or, or do just Tuesday, easy. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and then do, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday as business and then like it is now and then Thursday and Friday, I mean, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday is the show. So you do Tuesday and Wednesday is business days and then Thursday and Friday could be public days. It'll yeah, just I, help I, alleviate. It'll help alleviate congestion in the expo center. That's the only thing, you know. I agree. They they just then have to pay rent for another day, and who knows how greedy they are if they're willing well. To so do what? That. They sold fifteen thousand passes. I'm sure they can afford it. <laughs> so, but, all um, yeah, all I good mean, points. Uh, yeah. Well, they should but, definitely uh, have separate media lines. I heard there was issues where they didn't even have lines for the media to get in. Well, yeah, that was the other thing, too, is a lot of my friends had to wait in the normal line to get in. And, you know, they had to argue with the security people, like, listen, I have a 10.30 a.m. appointment, and this line is going to make me miss that appointment. And sometimes those people didn't even care. And that's how I always see it. People, just they just don't care. They just think you need to wait in the line. And, again, that's the ESA people not letting – the security personnel say, hey, listen, if you see somebody with an industry badge, exhibitor, uh, media, whatever, you got to let them in. You know, right. the public is the only one that needs to wait in this line. But, you know, I guess they don't want to do that. But again, you know, E3 is every year, E3 kind of evolves. And now it's making that shift towards the YouTube generation and, you know, the gamers because, you know, people don't really read magazines anymore for reviews. They just watch YouTube videos. So, so E3 probably doesn't care about media professionals. And because the other thing I had read that they said, you know, we may have sold 15,000 passes, but we also decreased the amount of badges we gave out to industry folk. So there was, so their, their spit on it was there's not, there's not the same amount of people as last year plus 15,000. It's around what we had last year because we decreased the amount of badges, you know, which we gave out. Now, I don't remember the numbers from last year. I'm sure this press release is out there somewhere, but I'm curious to see what that difference is. But again, you know, that's E3 trying to stay relevant because in this day and age, companies don't need to show these things off at trade shows. They can just do like Nintendo does and have directs and put a demo on an eShop store or something like that, you know? So... And I mean that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much my rundown from the show. Um, I got I got a split. So does anybody uh, have any any questions? No, no get the hell out of here. You bother me. Get out of here. Okay. <laughs> no, we 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 honestly appreciate your feedback. We we're happy that you got to get to play at least some of the stuff you wanted to play. I know that you know it was tough to get through the slew of people all the plebs as uh, some people call them but uh you know you just gotta you gotta look at the fact that times are changing and we have to kind of change with it and we can only hope that you know everybody gets their their chance to experience it one way or another but i think overall uh very insightful thank you and yeah i mean whenever you're ready if you want to you have anything else you want to say before you head out um I mean, time's up. Okay, <laughs> that's all I wanted to say. Was on my mean. 
<laughs> so I'm glad I got that out. Uh, no, seriously, just, um, you know, I mean, look, the show is what it is. And I was, like you said, I was glad I got to play the games I wanted to play and write up the stuff I needed to write up. Um, you know, uh, I, I can absolutely say without, without any, you know, with, with absolute certainty that Mario was game of the show. Uh, I mean, you could, I'm sure other websites will agree was that good of a game. And it was only a 20 minute demo split between two kingdoms or two worlds. It's that good. And if you're on the fence about it, get off the fence and just buy it because you will truly love this game. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you again for stopping by, brother. We appreciate it. All right. Enjoy I'll talk your to you guys man. later. All right. Bye bye, everybody. See you, bud. Later. Later. Mr. Paul, what do we got? We need your opinion, <laughs> man. I know that you got some mixed opinions on there, so let's hear it. Well, rather than just be, you know, repeating the same things you guys touched on, I agree with most of the things that both you and Anthony said. And like I said, as someone from home watching, it's a little different than someone that's there. Uh, but I'll touch on some of the positives, I think. And the Microsoft press conference, uh, like both of you guys said, I, I wasn't really impressed. I had a little bit of an argument. Well, not an argument, but a heated debate with, between a friend with the Xbox One X and who it's really geared towards, like we were speaking a little earlier on. And uh, I, I don't see it. I don't see fragmenting uh, the consumer base as being something effective at this stage of the game. So I don't know where they're going with that and how successful they could be with that. I mean, unless they're, they're okay with not selling them gangbusters. Uh, the backwards compatibility for the original Xbox is something that I really like. From that, that was probably my biggest takeaway from the Xbox uh, Microsoft conference. I don't know what you guys felt with that. What, what about the Duke? I'm really excited about the Duke. Well, that wasn't even – that's not even a uh, – no, it's not Microsoft. Microsoft but... Yeah, Hyperkin is going to make the original Xbox controller, and they're saying it's almost exactly the same, except that it has an LED display in the middle of it. Yeah, the fatty, the fatty, fat, fat, boom, baladi <laughs> controller. <laughs> but I'm eager to see which games they pick to, for this backwards compatibility, because I'm assuming a lot of these licenses have expired. You know, like they made like Simpsons Road Rage or Simpsons Hit and Run, and some of these, they obviously can't use the sports games. So is it going to be limited to just first-party stuff? Is it maybe like maybe Sega renews Panzer Dragoon because that was on on the original Xbox, Crazy Taxi? You know, there's, there's some sleeper kind of hits that don't necessarily have to be first-party games that I think a lot of people would, would be happy to play on a newer system. Because I like, even though I don't end up playing a ton of them, I end up buying a lot of 360 games when they're cheap digitally so I can just have them on my Xbox even if I have the disc already. So I think I'm not the only person that does that. They see a, they see the market there, despite Sony uh, saying that people shouldn't play their old games, which I don't understand. Well, they seem very delusional with, with that type of stuff because they have that weird issue with uh, marrying the console gaming, like with uh, Minecraft and stuff. So they just seem a little disconnected with that kind of uh, point of their of the business, I guess. But with the old Xbox games, I think that they should start at the games that they the 360 was able to play. If you remember, 360 had some uh, fairly fairly decent list of original Xbox games that were playable on a 360. I feel like 
those should still be intact. I mean, I know it's yeah, different definitely. hardware, but I would assume so. So I mean, it, it, maybe it's just the hardware, the emulation that they have to worry about. Yeah, but you know, what, you know, what's weird is that they had those games, but they were still missing a bunch of first-party stuff. Like, as much as it's not a, a blockbuster hit, they didn't have like that game Blinks, which was a first-party right. game that you know people thought would take off, and they they had an odd selection, so there must have been some problems with getting those games to work. Because I remember playing. I think it was Silent Hill, the room on there, and it just it just broke. It you were playing in in literally no room. It was just wide open space, and there was a lot of glitches and problems with that. So hopefully their emulation works better because this is the only way you can really play these games. You can't play them on the computer. There's no really good emulator for OG or Xbox games as they're calling them. Right. Well, do you have any specific games that maybe you didn't mention that you'd be you'd really want to have? Uh on your uh, Xbox one? Uh, well, the ones I mentioned, like Simpsons, I'd, I'd really enjoy to have on there. The, uh, the Mega Man collection, which I doubt would go on there because of the legacies legacy. I use that term loosely legacy sets that if you read any of my uh, reviews, you know that I don't really care for that the way they've set that up. Uh, Knights of the old Republic would be cool on there. That's not really on anything else. I mean, it's on PC, but it's not on any other console. Uh, and some of the I, Blinks would be cool. That's a game I never played and just something to mess around with. I'm sure they, these games would have to be like $10 or less. Right. And they do, they do sales pretty frequently. So, True. Tyler, any uh, old Xbox games you'd love to have on your, uh, your, your non-existent Xbox One? <laughs> My non-existent Xbox One? Um, <laughs> the original Max Payne's. I, I actually still have those discs. Max Payne and Max Payne 2. Great games. Uh, just yeah, so you fantastic to, games. See, with that, and that's what's cool about it. I mean, I don't give Microsoft a lot of credit lately, and I'm not a fanboy by any means to Sony or Microsoft, but it's cool that you could still uh, – they're, they're going to make it work that you could use your original discs if you still have them and throw them mm-hmm. in there, and, and then they'll work. Yep. Yeah, I have got, I've got those. I've got a couple other discs, too. Uh, Ninja Gaiden Black. Yeah, it seems to be one that everybody wants. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna. I, I that one slipped my mind, but that's one definitely they're gonna want to get on there. Yep, most absolutely. Um, so I would, I would love to be able to go back and do that. But at the same time, it's been so long since one I played those games, and two since they were really relevant. I'm hesitant to really delve into playing them again because I feel like, not that it's gonna spoil the memory of the games. But you know for a fact that after the stuff that we've had in the decade since then, it's not going to be the same. Yeah, not every game ends up holding the test of time. That's a that's a big, big point. But at the same time, when you love a game, you love a game, and you go back and remember why you loved it. Yeah. You know? I think it depends on the game, but that's, that's definitely totally. a true, true statement. I don't see myself sitting down and playing through Max Payne start to finish again. I see myself sitting down playing it for 30, 45 minutes and going, damn, that was an amazing video game. Okay, now I'm better. Right. Yeah, for me, like, I would definitely, the two games that I would really want on there are, like, games that I would play again. And one of them was compatible with the 360, and I did play it again, so I would definitely revisit it, which was uh, one of my guilty pleasures from uh, Paul and I's podcast, actually, which is uh, the game Breakdown. One of my favorite original Xbox games. I think and, I missed that uh, one. Yeah, that was um, Namco game actually. It was the first. It was like the first person 
uh, like melee kind of combat game. Like you actually, there was no, you know, I think you got like a gun maybe once or twice in the game, but it was pretty much picture like Mirror's Edge, but like way ahead of its time before Mirror's Edge, you know, but you had like that hand-to-hand combat and that was a big focus of the game. And um, yeah, I, I enjoyed that game a lot. I, and then, I forgot I forgot yeah. to mention uh, before I forget real quickly. Uh, Conquer's Bear, Bad Fur Day would be, oh, yeah. should be a, ba- easy, an easy one to throw right on there. Well, it was it was actually compatible as well. So that works on the 360 right now. Even though it's a remake of the 64 game, it was a decent remake. I mean, there was some stuff that they changed if you were a big fan of the 64 one, but you know, that's always a licensing thing and, you know, properties and whatnot. But yeah, that would be another great game for it. Like yeah. to me, I when I think Conquer, I think sixty four. Yeah, know? but you remember when when Rare Replay came out? I think this is something we discussed on the old podcast. Was yes. the control the controls didn't really hold up, so that Xbox one might be better as far as that's concerned. Yeah, right. Because so, they gave us the sixty four one on there, right? Uh, I don't, uh, I don't know Replay? I think what? they did. I don't remember which one is on Rare Replay. The sixty four version is on Rare Replay. Yeah. Oh, okay, got it. Which so, is strange that they didn't include both of them, but whatever. Got kind it. of a left turn here, um, but I'm going to direct things back back to E3 as a whole. And the actual conference, so Paul, you work. Benny, you work crazy freaking hours like I do, and you're married, and you have a young kid. I work crazy hours, married, have a young kid, and a pregnant wife. How did you guys handle living your normal lives and keeping up with the E3 coverage as it came out and trying to uh, maintain your relevance to that coverage. Take on it, Paul. Uh, well, I really liked it this year uh, that Microsoft started on Saturday, which is uh, Sunday rather. EA started on Saturday. Uh, so going over the weekend was good. Monday uh, wasn't too bad. I, I got home uh to watch the Sony conference and actually on my commute, I had YouTube streaming with the Ubisoft conference while I was driving, trying not to get distracted by it. But, uh, the Nintendo presentation, I watched in bits while I was kind of working on stuff. And then I caught up on it at home and pretty much every evening ends up being just trying to catch up on what, what you see. There wasn't a whole lot of surprises and they didn't really keep anything for the show floor that, you know, I was kind of hoping on a, a new Batman title and thinking that Warner Brothers maybe show it right before the end of the show, but that didn't happen. And uh, catching up that way, and I've been watching a lot of Giant Bomb coverage in the evening when they have a lot of people on. They do, you know, just like a BS where they talk with each other. But it's tough. It's tough to watch everything that they do. At least they, at least they jumped in on the weekends this year. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, working retail it's just weekends just another day of the week i was i was at work watching the conferences from my office when i could when i wasn't needed out on the floor i'm sitting there trying to pause my phone because i was doing the same thing i was streaming it on youtube trying to pause it and hope that it didn't break the stream and then go out on the floor deal with what i needed to and then come back and go back to watching it in quote-unquote real time and see it as it unfolded so it was just, it was a mess. Benny and I had yeah, all Benny. these grandiose plans for doing live streams and, and writing articles after coverage and everything. There's just no way. It was like, we barely have time to actually watch it ourselves, much less do anything with it. 
It's a bummer. Yeah, Real bummer. Benny and I know that retail life. We 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 had that retail life for quite some time. Yep. Yeah, and uh, for the record, uh, Paul's another. He's pretty much another GameStop. I think every guest we've had on the show is a former GameStop employee as well. Yep. <laughs> like Good old everybody. GameStop. It's, uh, it's important to bring that up. I may be the minority, but I enjoyed my time at GameStop. Ah, so did I. I think everybody I, does to an extent. I enjoy, yeah, I enjoyed my earlier years, not my not my last year. Yeah, I wasn't there very long, only a year and a half. So I was like there my, for my time with Barisi back in the day. I had a blast, but yeah, I was there for almost five years. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> no, I I liked it all the way up. Uh, I got out right as the credit cards and. Uh, Funko Pops and all the other stuff that wasn't video game related really started coming into play. Um, so I missed that whole phase. When I was there, it was all video games. Yeah, they're really big on the whole Think Geek uh, yeah. premise of their business now. Yeah, Think Geek, Think Geek wasn't even a thing that was thought about when I was working right. there. But, Half the yeah. store is more, is more than that stuff now. It's crazy. Yep. Yeah. I was in GameStop the other day. But uh, let's uh, let's turn that wheel back to where we were because we we love to get sidetracked. We do. We get sidetracked a lot here. We we have again all these grandiose plans for what we're going to get covered, and we just end up talking about two things for an hour and run out of time. But that's all right because yeah, it's, it's organic. Totally exactly. It's wonderful. But so. there is something that a lot of people probably aren't going to care about, but I really want to touch on. What oh. in the world is the matter with those Marvel vs. Capcom? Freaking oh, character Jesus, models. Jesus Christ. Why does why does Dante look I mean come on, <laughs> no, man? Chung Lee's missing an eyebrow. Seriously. Did Those have gotta it? be the guys... worst. No. I played, it. I played the demo. It, did it seem it seems kinda slow. Yes. I don't know it's, if that's deliberate it's, or it's not, it's just not as quick as the older games. Yeah, it did feel it felt weird. It didn't feel like I was playing game that was really polished i mean i granted it's that the demo but the game is coming out in a couple of months yeah Yeah. that's a bit concerning i get trying to do something a little different i mean it went back to two on two the the meter is a little different using the the infinity stones is a little different but it just didn't feel as quick as it should feel that infinity stone button is kind of annoying too because you just kind of press it repeatedly and they yeah, just, I and they repeat the word over and over. I power stone, totally, power totally. stone, power stone. I couldn't totally figure out what it was, power supposed, stone. What it was supposed to do. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. They threw uh, it in the wrong. They threw it in the wrong game. I think they're supposed to make a power stone three. Uh, agreed. <laughs> yeah, I I am not a fan of what I've seen. I did not play the demo, um, but what I've seen does not look uh, does not look good at all. Yeah, I mean, I, personally, I don't like some of the character choices. Yeah. It seems like we're not getting many more other than what's been shown. Yep. And uh, I don't like the way Rocket plays, and I don't like that Rocket and Groot are kind of, like, combined. You know, like, I think Groot could be a cool, like, cool character to be in there, and he seems to be attached to Rocket, so. Well, you got to feed, feed the modern-day comic consumer, and that's... <laughs> The people that only know Rocket Raccoon and Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy, the Marvel movies, and right. uh, that's the only way they've ever seen them portrayed. They don't understand that Groot is his own character that can right. go off and do his own things. <laughs> but it's funny at the same time. I, I know that this game, you can tell that it's centric around 
the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe, yeah. but the character designs are not. Right. Like Gamora is from the comic. Uh-huh. You know, that's a big, but Rocket's from the movie. So it's just very confusing. And uh, for some reason, Captain America looks like Chris Redfield from Resident Evil 5. And Chris Redfield from Resident Evil 5 doesn't even look like himself. No. It just doesn't make any sense. No. And then Chung Lee's still missing an eyebrow. That's really important <laughs> to go back to. Like, I'm going to start a hashtag, you know, bring her eyebrow back or something. <laughs> bring the eyebrows back. Uh, I'm, sure but... I'm, I'm sure I'll play it and still like it, but I don't think it'll hold a candle to Injustice. No. And I love and I love Marvel. I prefer Marvel over DC. If you so do I, but, anything, but man, Injustice is something else, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's great. It's got to be one of the best fighting games I've played in, in some time. I agree. Another fighting game that looks fantastic, yeah. circling back to E3, is that Dragon Ball Fighters. Yeah, even, that even if you're not, even if you're not awesome. a fan of Dragon Ball Z, like the game just looks awesome. And I'm a I'm a dirty, filthy, <laughs> Dragon Ball Z, just <laughs> nasty little fanboy. So I will. The exact opposite. Uh, I'm the complete opposite. I've never watched a single <laughs> Dragon Ball Z thing. <laughs> when I saw and when I saw it on the on the conference, I thought it looked incredible. Still, because. <laughs> It it looks like a cart like you're playing a cartoon, so that's yep. what you want, right? I mean, it is completely true to the. It is completely true to the source material. Uh, they did a, a really cool. I don't remember who did it, and so I don't want to give somebody credit. They didn't actually do it. It was one of the big big review companies, but they did like a side by side, frame by frame, of that trailer to scenes from the manga, and it was it was it was exactly the same. Like you can look at it and go, oh my god. They looked at this and said, okay, let's make that a move. Let's make that something that happens when they're fighting. So it looks very, very good. I am excited. It's been a crazy year for fighting games, if you think about it. It has. The game that came out, Tekken, yeah. Tekken 7 was amazing. Tekken was great. Yeah. Tekken was so. great, Injustice was great. That looks good. Um, is Pokémon Tournament DX coming out this year, or is that next year? Yeah, yeah that's September. Okay, oh, okay, so there's another one, yeah. and that... I mean, it's good on the Wii U, and it looks even better on the Switch, so. It's, it's, it's been a year be a for fighter. fighting games. Yeah. It's been a good year for games in general, well, like the ones that actually that, have come out. Hopefully that Dragon Ball Z game plays well, you know, like it controls and plays well, because that could be the deal breaker for it, right? You know, how many companies turn out these games, and they look great, and they could be good, and then you get your hands on the controller, and they play like, you know, garbage. Yeah, and that's always a big a big worry with fighting games. It's so easy to screw up a fighting game, I feel like. And, you know, especially when you have a property that's been around for as long as they have, and you want to start changing the formulas, because if you think about it, everybody has kind of been trying to reinvent the wheel with their games. Mm-hmm. You know, Injustice changed their mechanics. Tekken changed their mechanics. Marvel vs. Capcom's changing their mechanics. You know, it's, uh, I mean, it seems like everybody's going to the same approach, too, with focusing on a story mode. I think the only one that really has dropped the ball has been Street Fighter. Even yeah. Killer Instinct. Even Killer Instinct is a game that, yeah, it's been out for a couple of years, but they're pumping out content for that too. Yeah, they are. They're constantly updating that. They just announced another character for that game at E3. So uh-huh. it just goes to show you, man. The, the they, they, they did? I didn't, I didn't even hear about it. They yeah, doing, it was, they're doing uh, a whole other season? or I don't know if they specified that, but they, they talked about one new character, which is a brother... Of, uh, I believe his name was Thunderhawk. Yeah. Yeah, it's his brother. He focuses, I think, with like a bow and arrow. 
it's pretty impressive the amount of support they've given that game in the past three or four years. Yeah, the community's still strong for it. I mean, as long as people are playing the games, you know, that's that's a big, big important factor. Community is is huge, and it's great when the when the developers take that time. Oh yeah. Like, just to go off track real quick, just uh, a game that I love, uh, Dying Light, was one of my favorite games of uh, 2015. Literally, is still pumping out content, and they just announced that they're going to be putting out another year's worth of content, absolutely free. Man, 2015, that that doesn't seem right at all. Yeah. Uh, you're correct, but Jesus. <laughs> and dude, the game just gets better and better, and I wish that we had more games with support like that. You know, I be- yeah, would I love a Dying Light too? Absolutely, but the the DLC, the expansion that they had, felt like another game. Yeah, and I just wish that more developers did stuff like that. You know, that's like the longevity, you know, that that we really need instead of these uh, fake DLC packs and season passes that come along with uh, day one patches and delays, which we've spoken about on episodes past. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a polar opposite of that, a very good example of what you don't do uh, came out around the same time. You've got Evolve, which was the community you know, turned against it, had its small community of loyal fans, but the developers were like, oh, no, nope, never mind. We're out. Yeah, we're going to cut our losses and move on. Dead or Alive 5 with just the amount of DLC packets that you can purchase. Just like, yeah, what were they thinking? They're different, though. If you look at the way Dead or Alive 5 is <laughs> marketed and pl- Yeah, exactly. Uh, the way that's marketed and plays in Japan is a totally different animal to the way it is over here oh yeah and the difference is people actually buy that dlc and we're talking hundreds upon hundreds of dollars worth of dlc yeah and i think i know somebody that owns a lot of that fellas apparently never heard of porn, I, huh? I, won't, I won't i won't name them on here <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah. you, ins- you insulted the five people that play evolve so i think you should apologize to those <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're not watching our show this, uh, <laughs> listening to our show no this is this is not for them they're in the forums somewhere plugging away <laughs> yeah. hey who wants to get into a session of evolve what's that <laughs> yeah seriously I, there i guarantee you, you could walk into a gamestop right now and there are people that don't know that evolve is a game that exists and it's probably one of those games that they uh they have in the system is a penny so they say oh we can't take this game back yep oh i oh, guarantee def- you. definitely yeah it's like that you remember that game defiance oh good lord yes. that came along with that tv show yep yeah i got that right uh-huh pennied out, pennied out real quick yeah i got that <laughs> and uh just thought, you know, whatever, what the heck, I'll try it out. And uh, tried to trade it back in, I, I think, honestly, a week later. And they already had said no. Like, uh-uh, <laughs> no, we're not taking that, sorry. It might have been worth like three cents with a power-up card. <laughs> Good lord. It was just, it was terrible. Um, so, E3, who do you guys think won? Uh, out of the out of the big ones, so let's say let's narrow it down: Ubisoft, Bethesda, Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo. Who do you think the winner of E3 this year was, you and why? Also say the gamer, the gamer won. You, I saw that. The gamer. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Stanley, for that. We yeah, I don't think the, the gamer, gamer won this year. Not at all. No. I don't get it. I don't get the. I don't get the joke. Oh uh, well, Stan decided <laughs> to tweet on our on our uh, Twitter page. And we did a little poll to see what people thought of who won. Uh, and he said, well, what about the gamer? No. 
Maybe no, maybe like, in 2018 the gamer will win. Exactly. Yeah. No, when Kingdom Hearts comes out, then the gamer wins. 2025. Oh. So, so yeah, whenever the Xbox 12's out, <laughs> we're playing on your PlayStation 7. I'll be dead. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Your son, will, you'll have be a grandpa. Oh, boy. I'm going to play Kingdom Hearts 3 for the first time, and there'll be like 11 different side stories from then on. Uh-huh. It'll but, all be uh, VR. Yeah. Tyler, who do you think won? For me personally, I'm going to say Sony, um, because Sony just it was just game after game after game. And they came out and said, hey, you know what? We are not going to sweep PlayStation VR under the rug. Here is just enough PlayStation VR stuff for it to be relevant and awesome, but we're not going to take up three quarters of our conference telling you about it. We're going to show you these games that everybody can play, then we're going to show you this really cool VR stuff, and then we're going to show you more games that everybody can play. Uh, even though there was no showing from from software, and I am just yeah, still, absolutely still devastated. I'm, I'm going to be mad for a long time about that. But... uh You'll probably get something at Tokyo Game Show. I think Tokyo Game Show or PlayStation Experience later on this year. Um, Miyazaki's already said he's working on stuff. He's got three projects in the works, so I I, I can be patient. Uh, but I really, really just thought that this was this was the year. And then when uh, when old Sean came out and said, what, what, what was the wording? Uh, I don't remember how he said it, but we have a, a true PlayStation exclusive from one of the most respected names in the industry. To show you, I, I was sold. I was like, yep, here it comes. Here it comes. This is what they're going to close the show with. And then it was Spider-Man. So I got a little bitter about <laughs> Spider-Man. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Hashtag not my Spider-Man. Hashtag not my <laughs> Spider-Man. Uh, boy. All right, uh, but I still say Sony. Uh, I would say, you know what? Spider-Man looked cool. And I'm, it's definitely a game that I'm going to play day one. But it doesn't look all that different from what like Spider-Man Chattered Dimensions and, and and stuff like that. Maybe I'm in the minority, but it doesn't look all that crazily different. So let me I'm tell you about how good Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions was. Ooh, I love that uh -oh. game. So did uh, I. Okay, I, I, I was about to say. I thought he was going to start a uh, hate battle and just start cursing the game out. Oh no, that was a that was a fantastic video game on just about every level. Yeah, I mean, I thought that game was re really well done, and I'm, I'm su assuming this will be fine, and it just, I mean, to close out, like you're saying, to close out the end of year, you know, I was expecting some sort of surprise, like like Spider-Man was last year. Yeah. Like, give, give him a little something different. But uh, yeah. I would say I would say N Nintendo, because, you know, they showed what, what enough. They didn't show it, they didn't go above and beyond, and showing Metroid Prime and a title, uh, just a word across the screen is nothing. So I, for anyone that says, Oh, they showed Metroid Prime. I, I could show a title for a game, and and they probably didn't even start working on it. So, I mean, that doesn't mean anything. But they showed some Yoshi, some Kirby. They they showed just enough, and how Mario just looks fantastic. And I don't want to jinx it because I really, I really don't think it's coming out this year. But that October release date looks great to me. Yeah. And and you know, just as a as a side note, I really liked what Bethesda did. Bethesda showed. And I'm not a fan of all their games, but they showed games that are just coming out this year. And they showed everything that is launching and some su some surprises. And, you know, they didn't go into a whole thing of showing 2018 games and games that won't have any release date. And they showed everything that's coming out in the rest of this year. Is I think it's a good play. I think Bethesda's got it figured out. Um, they 
they took that positive press they got with the Fallout 4 announcement and have really run with it. And I think they are really, really doing a very good job of presenting themselves as a, as a company and a studio that cares not only about the product that they're making, but about the people that are, you know, enjoying those products. I think Bethesda had the most gamer-centric conference, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, Sony did a good job, too. Like you said, they didn't have a lot of people talking. But Bethesda, yeah, I mean, besides that, the weird carnival stuff that they were doing. Yeah, I don't know what that was. It was a good effort. (laughs) It was a little odd. And I was really hoping for, I was okay, I guess I was really hoping for at least one new IP from them. I figured they'd, that one of their little in-development areas or whatever it was called would be something like, you know, Evil Within 2 or Wolfenstein. And then one of them was going to be a totally new IP, which I was looking for, forward to. But, you know, and now I'm just being nitpicky. Yeah. All right, Benny. We think mm. <laughs> it's really tough. I mean, look, I think they all had at least one thing that I liked, but um, as far as like who really captured my attention, but that's is definitely the top. I mean, Sony again had some great stuff. Uh, God of War looks incredible. I mean, it's a very different game, but it looks awesome. Uh, Days Gone looks awesome. Uh... <laughs> I think it looks good. I mean. Again, it's going to be a game that's going to probably be, uh, get watchdog syndrome. So it's going to be like that. Have uh, ten zombies on the screen at one time when the game actually releases. It's going to be like the order, calling it now. You think? Five yeah. hours. It's it's going to come and go as quick as you know all this hype. It's not going. To, I don't think it's going to live up to any of it. I hope not. I I was looking at it more of like a, this looks like The Witcher with zombies. Like a modern day Witcher meets and The Last of is, Us, and that is not a Paul game, so you're not going to win that conversation. <laughs> no, 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 that's that's fine. I just don't. I, it doesn't look very polished, and and it's already two years in development. It just looks kind of clunky. The way that things are like they're blowing up areas, and the zombies don't look all that great. It just didn't do it for me. I don't. I don't know. We have so many zombie games and so many games. Well, that's true. To Uncharted, it, it, you don't need another one that just mixes the two. Uh, I don't see it. Right. Fair enough. But yeah, I think I'm gonna. Everybody got one game, but Bethesda really forgot Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. Now, okay, so that's got me really excited because I have played that across multiple consoles, and I very much love that game. So. Well, we know Austin's gonna go crazy for that. Austin's gonna lose his mind. I mean, look, it's it's definitely cool. I got my hopes up, you know, living in my fantasy world that I have. Because when I first saw it, I mean, you didn't see the Colossus at first, even though I should know better. I saw it, I'm like, they're not making a never-ending story game, right? <laughs> I'm like, I must have been smoking crack or something that day. Cause, That's okay. You can't, yeah. you can't even complain about being disappointed because they open up and it's just like a fantasy world. And you can't really tell what right. kind of style it's in. And then it's Japan Studio, who is or Studio Japan, who is the folks that show up when you load Bloodborne. And I was right. like, oh, maybe a Demon Souls remaster, but it's being done by them. But no. Womp yeah. womp. Bump bump. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to stick with Bethesda because even though I don't dislike the game as much as Paul did, um, I did want to really like Evil Within 1. And this one seems 
a little bit of a different tone, even though we didn't really get real gameplay. Um, I really What's wanted done to. by different people, isn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so I mean, which, which it can only be better. Because now, yeah, that like, first Paul, game was just what, way did, too what didn't you like about that game? It was just way too frustrating. I didn't, I didn't right. like a lot of the control choices. I didn't like the letterboxing, and I, I, yeah. I had a major difficulty with it. And as someone that played the older Resident Evil games, I play them all on normal. I, I play through them fine, and that game just annoyed the shit out of me. I, sorry, I don't know if I was. That's that. okay. We're allowed. Oh, that's right. one. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I I beat it still. I played through the whole thing and beat it just because to make a point of it, you know. But uh, I, I felt like I was pushing my way through it rather than enjoying my way through it. It's like RE seven or yeah, which which I did not pen in the term uh, evil withinning it. Evil withinning it. So when you when you force yourself to play a game just to kind of get through it, you're evil withinning it. Yeah, I couldn't finish evil within and i wanted to i was kind of in the same boat i really not only did i want to finish that game i really wanted to like that game a lot because the idea behind it and some of the set pieces and the story that it had going on while a little convoluted was very cool but it was it was very frustrating and i finally just i tried to go back so many times and i finally just said screw it i i'm no i can't do this uh, I don't have enough time to sit here and be frustrated playing a game that I really don't want to play anymore when there's so much stuff that I do want to play. That's almost exactly the way I felt with the game. But you can always evil within it. <laughs> yeah. But being being in that boat, I am very excited to not go back and play the first one and go play <laughs> this new one because it looks like that'll be fine. Now here's a question. I don't. I didn't really catch it or not. Is it the same character? It, it looks like it. Yeah, it looks like the same character, but years later. Because they mentioned about going back into the the stuff. All right. They show yeah. the chair right at the end of the trailer, right? The I chair where so, you do yeah. all the upgrades. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, but that's the one. I mean, I was gonna give it to Sony, but Sony pretty much lost the opportunity when they started their intro showing Farpoint, a game that you can't purchase in the stores with a gun. <laughs> so, uh, You're so bitter about that Farpoint. Oh, dude, come on. It's not that hard to, to restart. Dude, nobody has it. I He's got, had got, me looking at GameStops anywhere near me. <laughs> dude, nobody. I got friends you have to use the Twitter nothing. community to, to, to help obtain it. Yeah, reach out, Benny. Uh, I don't know. People don't really like me on Twitter. A plea for help. I like you on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't tweet much. I mean, look, I mentioned it on the show previously. To my PR reps, womp womp, nothing, no, not even a reply. They don't even want to talk to me. I'm like, I'm not asking you for a copy. Just tell me if it's going to be replenished. You know, it's it's a simple thing. Like you, you put this product out, you hyped it up, and it, and like literally anybody I've spoken to that works in the stores, they're like, yeah, I don't even think we got one in the store, or they got one and that was it. So, Sony, sorry, you uh, you've you've let me down. So at this point. Womp womp. Yeah. And Best uh, literally. Bestbuy.com says they can't find any within 250 miles of my location. Yeah, and guess what? Uh, Tyler just showed on our <laughs> Discord. He searched for his, and it said the same thing pretty much. For <laughs> no stores match your search for the new version. Not just none within 200 miles. No stores <laughs> match your I mean, search. I can literally probably uh, go on Amazon and spend $150, but why would I do that? So the next opportunity mm. might be is I'm going to Too Many Games, game convention next week, and I'll probably offer up my uh, NES Classic. 
60 bucks. Give me my, give me my gun. Nice. Poor, poor choice to swap, right? Paul's like, what is this guy thinking? I'll say you want to, you want to send an NES classic down. I'll, I'll go find you a far point. I'll go, you know, handle some business and get you a far point. You're going to go in a dark alley? Hey. Make it happen? Hey. <laughs> Whatever I need to do, buddy. Oh, man. Keep that to yourself. <laughs> I haven't been able to get my hands on one of those. No one's yeah, had them around here. Somebody's gonna get their hands on something too. Hey, <laughs> a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little column A, a little column B. You know. Hmm. All right. So yeah, I'll I'll leave, I'll leave it at Bethesda. Wolfenstein looks amazing. I'm a huge, huge Wolfenstein fan. Loved the for uh, the first newer game and the digital only release that came out afterwards. Um, looking forward to the fact that it's just crazy over the top as usual and i love that it's coming out this year so they did me good bethesda they usually do i wasn't a big fallout person but they did get me pumped about fallout 4 and it ended up being one of my favorite games of that year as well so uh nintendo had some really good stuff looking forward to mario like i said metroid but uh bethesda all the way good stuff all right, so uh, last thing, what are you guys? What are you guys playing right now? What's everybody doing? Not, I mean, not right now while the podcast is on, but Paul's probably playing something. <laughs> no, I'm not playing uh, Simpson tapped out on his phone while he's on Discord. No, you know what? I haven't been playing that too much lately. You know what? I've been playing on on the phone, which I, I don't play a whole lot of mobile games, but this there's a crazy taxi game called Crazy Taxi uh, Gazillionaire, something like that. And it's it's like a sim style where you build up a taxi corporation, but it's got the offspring song from the original game in there, and it's it's actually pretty cool. It's a free to play game, and for mobile, it passes passes some time quickly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's in there. <laughs> <laughs> over and over and over again. There's two offspring songs, and that's it in there. What about console? Uh, I've been playing Injustice still. I, I started ukulele. And I played it once, and I haven't gone back. Uh, I'm not crazy about the camera control on it. I know you could you can soften it a little bit and make it not as not as quick, and because it, it was making give me a headache really quickly. But I'm definitely gonna go back to that because I love platformers. It's a pretty uh, stellar platformer. Yeah, and I know uh, I'm scheduled for Crash Bandicoot, which is my my dreams of this year, and it comes out on my birthday, so that was that's coming up. Uh. And I've been playing some Lego Dimensions. The good people at Warner Brothers sent me the uh, Goonies pack with uh, and Hermione from Harry Potter. So um, it's sad that they haven't officially canceled the series, but it looks like with the releases in September, they're going to be uh, winding down without without officially canceling it. I, mm-hmm. Unless they make unless they make a sudden change, but the quality is still great. And I guess they're just not getting people to buy them. Toys to Life kind of, you know, sinking ship. Oh. Don't worry, we've got Shiplanders coming next year. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's happening either. <laughs> Good lord! For anybody that wanted to be into model ships and video games with toys, here is the perfect combination. <laughs> that one guy at home. Oh my god! Hey, all I all I'm saying is, give me Warhammer 40k toys to life um, with just a giant, like a giant air hockey table that reads everything and puts it into my game. <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> Not much to ask. So I, think if, I think if, yeah. if sales were better for that stuff, 
I mean, they started really strong, but I, I thought they would, if they would have continued, I would, I think you would have saw some stuff like that. Cause I was, the, mar- the saying, market got saturated. I think, I think uh, the amiibo fees didn't really help the cause by making yeah. uh, the supply and demand as bad as it was for a good year or so. I think literally after that trickled and then stuff started coming back into the shelves, people just got over it. Yeah. But at the same time, you got games like Skylanders that, you know, as much as I'm a fan, I know Paul's a fan too, but like, you know, you kind of run out of ideas sometimes, but it's also from the, from the perspective of a parent, you know, how many figures are you going to buy? Yeah. You know, when, when is enough is enough kind of, you know, enough was enough for me after the first generation that I bought, (laughs) I bought every character that was in that first iteration of the game. And then they came out with the second one, the giants. And I said, nah, now this is Bionicle all over again. (laughs) And I quit. That's a deep cut. The Legos you don't have to you don't have to use with the game after you're done you don't need to stay on the base and if you collect Legos a lot of those minifigures are are rare or they don't really even make them like the Gremlins ones or or the even Goonies they don't make those sets if you collect for Lego Legos. collectors right yeah so it's still they'll still have some value to me even once the game is is dead yeah well it definitely helps that you're a Lego fan so that definitely works in your favor right. All right, Tyler, what about you? What you playing? Uh, I just finished the last of the trophies that I needed for the Bloodborne DLC. So I have now platinumed the game and the DLC. Um, So now I'm going back, and I am playing Dark Souls again, the Prepare to Die edition on the PC. Because when I played it the first time, it was on Xbox. Nice. Because that's all I do anymore. (laughs) Souls game, Soulsborne. Yeah, that's just kind of ruins you. Once you've really gotten into those games, nothing else is really that good anymore. It's just kind of like, eh. but no, that's about it. I'm still plugging away at Zelda every night in bed, little bit by little bit. Uh, Mario Kart, still playing that with my buddies whenever we get drunk enough. And uh, yeah, that's about it right now. Cool. Yeah, I'm pretty much mostly playing the Surge still for some reason. Can't figure out why. It's a good game. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's frustrating. Yep. It gets you hooked, though. Now I'm on the third boss, and uh, yeah, I want to give up. You know, the usual. Yeah, that's how it goes. That's, that's cool. I mean, I unfortunately, I uh, hate to admit it, but I used a little exploit before uh, it got patched to help me get through, and it still doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> nope. So you're evil within it. Evil within yes, it. Yes, I, I would say that. I would definitely say that. I mean, it, it, it's one of those, like, like Tyler, I like my, my Soulsborne games nowhere near. And it's funny because Paul remembers me at a time when I said I would never play those games. And now I'm just a glutton for punishment, which is just crazy. But um, mm-hmm. other than that, like, I want to jump into Wipeout at some point. I mean, I'm really bummed that they couldn't get uh, Cold Storage on there the from the original soundtrack. But... You know, I'm a huge fan of the original Wipeout, so I'm looking forward to playing that. Um, I'm going to try to play some Perception soon. I did recently finish Outlast 2. Just get the bejesus out of me. It's a great game, and uh, my review will hopefully be up in the next next day that I can sit down and finish it up. But uh, it was a great game, just really, really frustrating as far as the difficulty curve. You know, when you have a game that you can't defend yourself, um, in any way, shape, or form. You can't push anybody. You can't throw a rock. You can simply run. 
it's tough when you're in like kind of an open area because the first game was like an asylum. So you had a little bit more restrictions as far as, you know, you can hide somewhere at like at one point you're like in fields and you just can't go anywhere. So, but uh, I think that's, I put my Xbox on the other day. I forgot that I had it and I just wanted to see if there was anything worthwhile playing on there. And yeah, nope. <laughs> you forgot that you had it. Yeah, it's in the corner. <laughs> I, th- I think I think uh, my son kind of took the power on with the remote one day. He's like, "Oh, I'm like, yeah, that's uh, it's an ancient fossil over there that's been ancient played. fossil. And it's been played like three times in the last two years. No, love it. I haven't played. I haven't played it since uh, Dead Rising 4's DLC, which pissed me off to no end because I glitched really bad to the point where I couldn't even finish it. So I just probably never go back to it. But sometimes that's how it goes, man. Yeah, but that's all I've been playing. Oh, actually, on my phone, playing uh, Monument Valley 2. Fantastic iOS game. It's like a uh, puzzle game. The first one was probably the best phone game I've ever played. Really, really, really cool puzzles. If you're into like weird stuff like uh, Hue and uh, Braid and stuff like that. But that's it for me. I'll check it out. All right, man. Well, let's do our uh, obligatory end of the show plugs and get the closeout out of the way. We are we are coming up on an hour and a half here shortly, so this is the first. Yeah, this uh, this is a long episode, so let's close her up. Yeah, Paul, thank you very much for coming. Yeah, on. thanks, man. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. I really uh, had had a blast. Thanks, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, we'll definitely have you back. Welcome. Absolutely. But, uh, Paul, do you want to once again plug your podcast and anything else you'd like to discuss yeah, before we... I just uh, did an episode, uh, it's almost three weeks ago, looking to do one probably within the next week. Uh, we don't really talk a whole lot of games. I had someone on, we did we did do an episode on games. I was trying to do it where whoever I have on, they could discuss whatever they want. But what's difficult about that is it's selfish for me, and it works out that I could just both BS with a friend. Uh, and we could just, you know, have it archived. But then how do you classify it on iTunes or wherever you're podcasting? And what right. genre do you put it under? So we're, we're sticking probably to movies, music, entertainment, pop culture kind of topics. And uh, the name of the show is Aimless Shenanigans. Like I said, you can find it on iTunes, uh, Podbeam, pretty much just pull, throw it into your uh, Google machine. And uh, at Legend Pop on Twitter. That's all I really need to, you know, give me a follow. Check me out on there. I'm, I reply to pretty much everything. He has some funny, uh, some funny tweets on there too. Be sure to make sure you stop by and follow him, guys. <laughs> Most definitely. Benny, where are you at, buddy? I am at the usual places. At it's Benny Rose. I am uh, always a gaming age. Press for time. Uh, Gamer X Vault. When I have uh, three seconds of my life to dedicate. And uh, home, home with the wife and the kid and the uh, El Gato. But uh, yeah, yeah, we're always we're. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised we didn't hear him today. We usually hear his bell at least once on the podcast. Oh, I heard it. Oh, you did. There you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm always here, and um, Tyler and I are pretty much going back and forth on the Twitter page, trying to get some feedback, doing the polls when we can. Um, I think starting next week, we're going to start bringing in some industry folk. Yeah, have our have our guests on here talk about maybe a project they're working on, something that maybe we are going to review or have reviewed. And we're just going to expand from there. But, you know, we will be bringing on our usual uh, 
favorites. Parisi is somebody that's been on several times, and he's welcome always. Uh, Colin, and of course, Paul. So we also want to eventually start trying to bring in uh, some listeners, you know, just regular uh, gamers like us that want to maybe talk about some stuff, and we'll take it from there. Yeah, absolutely. You guys have got to have Jim on. I, I, we are working that out with Jim. Yeah, he is yeah, going to come on. We were waiting for after E3, um, but we're going to get that scheduled here in the next couple weeks. He is definitely number one on the list to get done. So, yeah, I'll be eager to listen to that show. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of paperwork. We got to fill out. For that. <laughs> yeah, release tough, tough guest. Got to get through security. Yep. Oh man, he's got he's got a list of demands. I tell you, NDAs. <laughs> yep, pretty much. But yeah, no, it'll be a lot of fun once you get that going. Yeah, I think we'll really start taking off now that we're post E3. Uh, Benny and I have both been working really hard to not only get ourselves out there, but get other folks interested in coming on. So like we've lined up, like Benny said, we're not going to go throw in too many names out right now, but confirmed I've got some folks from the controller people in the UK who are actually working to try to work their schedules around ours to come on and if you think trying to schedule guys in new york and ohio is hard let's try to coordinate new york (laughs) ohio uk i've got folks in the netherlands that are looking to come on Uh, i've got a buddy in japan that wants to come on so we uh we're gonna be working some serious scheduling magic here in the near future but looking forward to it though yeah it'll be good stuff well yeah thank you again paul for coming on uh, everybody, thank you for listening. This has been Pressed for Time, a Gaming Age podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at that games guy. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at GA underscore Pressed for Time. Shoot us an email, Pressed for Time at GamingAge.com, and that is for the number four, uh, the Twitter and the email, because well, we like to make things difficult on everybody. Uh, check everybody out on GamingAge.com. It's your number one spot for news, reviews, previews, etc all the fun video game stuff and uh we'll be back for you next week take care and have fun guys